Well, good morning, everyone. Um, if you see something fall up here, it would probably be one of my ears. I'm so loaded down, something might fall off, but don't worry about it. We'll be okay. The subject I've chosen to talk about this morning is something that's very familiar to every one of you. It is something that is daily we do. It is also something that uh, is very essential in our life. And it's also something that is quite neglected in our life. And it's a broad subject, so we're just going to be talking about two or three little corners of that, okay? And that subject is prayer. As soon as you mention that word, it conjures up many, many questions of all sorts. Where do you pray? When do you pray? How often do you pray? Do you always have to pray in Jesus' name? Do we use amen? What about the unbeliever? Does God hear his, his prayer? And then there are those who say, well, listen, God is sovereign. God has got it all worked out. Everything is already answered. So why even bother with praying? Well, we'll see you later about that. God speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. We speak to him through prayer. What happens when we pray? What happens when we go before the Lord in quietness and in earnestness and pray? My friend, when we do this, we're talking to the God that spoke and this earth came into existence. We're talking to the God that spoke or breathed on a lump of clay and he became a man named Adam. This God is the most magnificent being that could ever exist. And when we pray, we're talking to him. When we pray, God listens to every word. A year or so ago, Justin brought a message about how that one of these days we have to answer to God for every word we say. God listens to every word. When we pray, we've got God's undivided attention. This majestic, incomprehensible Lord listens to us and to our concerns. 1 John 5 says this, Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his, his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. God hears us. He hears us. He's listening. Not only that. First or Second Kings 19.27 says, He knows when we sit down. He knows when we get up. He knows when we go out. He knows when we come in. That's not all. It gets worse. Psalms 94.11 says, God knows our thoughts. It goes a little further than that even. Job 21.27, He knows our thoughts. 
And he knows our plans. He knows what we're planning to do. God knows quite a bit about us, doesn't he? Probably a whole lot more about us than we know about ourselves. Men, he knows our lustful thoughts. That's why we need daily cleansing. That's why we need daily forgiveness. And I want to go into an avenue of prayer that maybe you haven't thought too much about before. How that at the cross, at Calvary, when Christ died, it changed prayer forever. Maybe you hadn't thought about that. This privilege that we have, this precious privilege of prayer, is something God wrought for us while he was on Calvary. Hebrews 10:19 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Notice in this, these two verses some key words. Confidence, holy place, the blood of Jesus, a new and living way, and the word opened, or some texts may say inaugurated or achieved. Just for a moment, hold that, and let's go to the crucifixion. If you read in the latter part of the, of the, the Gospels, you'll find generally there's where the crucifixion took place. And as you'll remember, at 9 o'clock on Friday morning, Jesus was crucified. He, was, he laid down on an old rugged cross, and they drove nails through his hands. Along about 12 o'clock, after he now has been hung and, and the, the post had been dropped in a hole and tore his legs and, his, and the wounds in his feet, we find then that about noon, something strange begins to occur. Begins, the sun begins to get dim, and it gets dark in the middle of the day. And it stayed that way from 12 until 3 o'clock. It was dark. And at 3 o'clock, Jesus now, his, his stomach has been punctured with a spear. Blood and water is flowing out of him. He's hanging there. His breath is getting uh, closer and, and shorter and shorter. And finally, he looks up and he says, God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, Father, why have you forsaken me? He waits a few moments and says that again. Jesus now on the cross, hanging outside the walls of Jerusalem, but down in town, down at the temple, something happened. The, the veil that enclosed the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom. And standing open. And it's as if Jesus was standing there in that opening and says, Come on in. You're welcome. Before that, if you had a sin that you needed to take care of or sins to take care of, you had to go out and pick out your little lamb or a little animal or something. And you had to take it into the priest. And you had to say, I have sinned. Please offer this as a sacrifice for my sin. That's how they had to do it before. But now this new and living way is open to you and I. We can go right into his presence. 
Before that, that was not conceivable. It wasn't possible. And he says in Hebrews 10.23, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now with confidence, in humility, and in reverence, we can be welcomed into the Holy of Holies because of what Christ did on Calvary. It changed prayer forever. And we enjoy that privilege today ourselves, every day as we go before Him. But sometimes, I think if you're like me, I've gone before the Lord and I haven't been very respectful. I haven't been very humble. But this, I know that the Scriptures also says this, go, you can go boldly into His presence. I think the term boldly in that day was maybe a little different than this today. It doesn't mean you go in arrogantly and you demand or you act like God owes you something. Oh, no. That, not that. We go humbly before Him. We go in humility before Him. We go in reverence before Him. We can go with hope and assurance, this verse says, and submit our request to Him. And we always do it according to His will. You know, why doesn't God always answer the prayers the way we want Him to? You know, I hear, I go to the Lord and I say, you know, this situation is going on over here and, and I think I know you can solve it. Do you pray that way sometimes? God knows so much more than we do. He knows every detail. He knows the end from the, the beginning and the end. He knows all about it. We never have those details. We never know where it will lead. So I'm so thankful that God doesn't always answer my prayer the way I've asked it. I pray for the same. I'm sorry to say it. I'm glad he did not give them to me. Maybe you can, can say the same thing. But, you know, there's one way we can always pray safely. We can always say, in your name, have your way, Lord. Whatever you say is best, that's what I want. Can we pray that way? Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You may say, well, I have seen situations. I have been in situations where I can't at all see how God got any glory out of it. How can God get glory out of that? Here's a young man. He's holding a baby in his arms. Two little children are clinging to his legs. He's weeping. And he sees the casket of his wife and the mother being lowered into the ground. How can I understand that? How can I say that's that's good and and God gets glory from that? We don't know. But we have to trust Him. Always trust Him. I remember a story. I don't know all the details, but I can give you the general context of it. It's been five or six years ago. There was a couple at Bethlehem Baptist where John Piper at that time was pastor. They had answered the call to go to the mission field. They had did all their training. They got everything put together, and the church was supporting them. And they were ready to go to the mission field and do the Lord's work. They told the church family goodbye. We're going to another country, and we're going to work for the Lord. We're going to represent you. They got in their car. They had five or six children, as best I remember, and they were heading to Seattle in order to fly out and go to the foreign country. They already shipped all their belongings and was ready to go. 
And they come upon a construction site. And the flagman was there, and he flagged them down, hold them, hold it a minute while we get the road clear for you to go through. And while they were sitting there, a huge truck come rolling up behind them, rolled right over top of that car, killed mother, dad, and all the children. We look at situations like that and say, God, how can that be? We just don't know. We can never answer those kinds of questions. But I know this, we can trust him, and he does what is well. You might say, when things like that happen, and God is in control of everything, right in the middle of this pandemic, God has not altered his plan, everything is still right on schedule, we might say, well, why pray? Why even, why even go through the exercise? Why worry about that? Just let God take care of it. Well, God told his disciples, he says, pray this way. Our Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus instructed his disciples to pray, and that also can apply to us. Number two. Jesus, by his death and opening the door to the Father's throne, set up a special way that we communicate, we can communicate with him. Thirdly, he made us a part of his family. We are a part of his inheritance. We're a part of the family, Jesus being our elder brother. So in this situation, we know that God expected to set up an eternal communication with us. And so that is another reason why God wants us to pray. Another reason, we need to maintain a close and intimate relationship with him. When we sin, we can pause right where we are. We can pause even driving the car and say, God, forgive me of that thought. We need that to... To, to keep our intimate relationship with him. And so don't be discouraged about prayer when you know that God does everything his way. You might say, well, prayer doesn't change anything. Yes, it does. It changes you and it changes me. God in so many ways has taught us to trust him, look to him always, and he will be there for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having, be, pre, having been predestined or having predetermined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God says, or Paul says, that God works in all things according to the counsel of his will. The only way that God will ever answer any prayer is according to his will. According to his will. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, according to his will, he hears us. God will always hear and answer our prayer. Every time. Maybe sometimes you think, I prayed and nothing happened. 
Maybe it didn't. But God sometimes says yes. Sometimes he says no. And he says sometimes wait for a while. So it may come. But I think sometimes also, uh, how many times have I asked someone to pray or someone has asked me to pray and I've, I've done that and never follow up on it? You know, that is not good either. Because when we do that, we fail to give God glory and praise for what he has done. He answers our prayer and we don't even say anything about it. That's not good. It isn't good. But he says we can in confidence. This is and this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Now, sometimes we have, may have some bizarre idea out there that God may answer. But uh, he says we must pray according to his will. <clears throat> Much of our prayers should be just that. It should include saying to God, whatever the circumstances is, I believe that you know what is best. We may be praying for someone who's dying of cancer. Sure, we want to ask God to, to save them and to heal them. And at times he does do that. But most often, it doesn't happen. We should not be disappointed. We know that that was God's will, if that's the way we're praying. And we should thank him for that, that he's doing what he says he should do. And he, he, pray, he does what's best for us. And that's why he says, pray according to my will, because it is for us. In every circumstance, we need to say this. We should never resist God's will. He knows our need even before we ask him, says Matthew 6, 7, or 6, 7 to 10. He says, and when you pray, now this is Jesus speaking, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Some people will pray and pray and pray and keep repeating, repeat, repeat, repeat. God says that's not necessary. Do not be like them, he says, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. But that doesn't mean he's not going to do anything if we don't ask him. He will still do whatever he desires and designs to do. Again, the only God will way the only way God will ever answer our prayers is according to His will. You might say, "Well, why?" We may have questions as to how that this will come about. Uh, how can this be right? But uh, God always knows best, and we have to trust Him even though things happen that we are so uh, sad to, to have to know about. I remember Cindy was talking about a kid out here on a motorcycle. He kept doing wheelies in front of the church here. And a little later we found that he got killed out at Shady Springs. That breaks our heart. That's, that's so sad. But let me tell you this. Whatever is going on, God is moving forward. He's, he's, are we on board? Are we going with him? He's not waiting for anyone to make up their mind before he moves on. God is God. He keeps moving. He keeps doing what he is doing. 
And uh, nothing changes that. Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. We can always be safe in praying in Jesus' name. We can always be safe. Thy will be done. Because God says here that if we live uprightly, if we walk with him, we will never lack. We'll never need anything that he will not supply. He says also in Psalms 34, 19, O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Those who fear him have no lack. So God says for us to walk uprightly before him. And in closing, I would like to go to First Thessalonians again, chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. And he says here, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Remember, God will always answer according to his will. Why? Because it's best for us. And, and that's why he says, let's do it according to my will, because he knows what is best. And he says, rejoice always. Maybe a better rendering of that word would be, just don't lose heart. Giggling or something like that during a tragedy is childish and, and foolish. But God says in all circumstances, regardless how bad the circumstances is, to remain composed, to remain confident. It's always proper to do that. And it's the way, that's the only way we can really deal with issues. So remain composed in circumstances, not because of the circumstances. You may be in a situation that is totally wrong. What's going on? God doesn't say to rejoice or to be comforted in that. He says, but if you are in that, you need to be composed. You see what I'm saying? You're not, uh, you're not approving of the circumstance, but you're being godly in it or during it. Circumstances may totally be wrong, but in that situation, he says, pray without ceasing. For this is God's will concerning you. Luke 18, 1 says, Jesus said, as he told them this parable, always pray, but never lose heart. Be calm. Be consistent in prayer. Be thankful. This is God's will for you, he says every time. You can never go wrong in that, in your troubles. Beloved, God loves to hear the voice of his children as we come needily or as we come to praise him and to thank him. Seek God's will and God's face. He has promised if we will walk uprightly, we will never have a need that he will not meet. Father, you desire our love. And you desire our fellowship. You made a special provision at the cross that we could draw near to you and enjoy that sweet fellowship with you as we enter into the Holy of Holies. Help us 
in our busyness not to neglect to converse with you and praise you for your, for your greatness. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you accomplished at Calvary. How that you opened the door, you tore open the veil. It's standing open, and now you are there standing with your arms outstretched and saying, Welcome. Father, thank you for that open door and for that invitation to fellowship with you and enjoy you forever. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.